Good morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. And we have some visitors. We're always happy to uh, to welcome anybody into the family that, uh, that wants to join us. Not too much in the way of announcements this morning. The, uh, the elders will be meeting right after church. And uh, tomorrow evening is our regular monthly business meeting. Expect, we hope, to see as many there as we can because we have uh, some church business to tend to. Do we have any birthdays this week? Luke? Yours? Yours, all right, great. Who? All right, Ann Chambers. Today is hers, that's right. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Just goes to show you who's in control of this service. The piano player always has the last word. Oh, what about anniversaries? Anybody celebrating this, this week? Jim? Fifty-third. You mean she's put up with you that long? <laughs> that woman is a saint. <laughs> she, she got used to it after a while. I imagine. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary, God bless you. Happy anniversary to you. Don't understand it. The, the organist and the pianist get along together so well. And you throw that third part in, it just messes the whole thing up, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll quit. Oh, let's, uh, let's continue our praise this morning. What we've been doing, of course, has been praise to God. Let's turn to uh, hymn number 35. We will glorify the King of Kings. Let's stand and sing. We will glorify.
And number 166, Sweet Hour of Prayer. Yes. Lord in prayer, please. Absolutely. Father God, we are so blessed. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Lord, you are so good to us. And we are undeserving of any of it. But because of who you are, because you love us so much, you bless us anyway. Lord, I love you. I know that this room is full of hearts that are filled with love for you. Lord, let your love rain down on us this morning. Let your grace fall. 
Let the Holy Spirit come and fill us this morning in this place. Lord, touch us. Touch us through your word. Touch us through the songs. Touch us, Lord. Let your spirit come and move us closer to you. Let your love shine through and our love for you be made known. Your word says they will know that we are Christians by our love for one another. Lord, thank you that we have the privilege of coming here in your presence and bowing down before you to give you thanks and praise. May everything that happens here bring glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our uh, communion hymn this morning is number 247, The Old Rugged Cross. Uh, Brother Phil, would you see if there's anyone who needs the uh, communion emblems? If you didn't, uh, if you didn't get them this morning, uh, raise your hand, please, if you would. The Old Rugged Cross, number 247.
Amen. Brother Mike Higgins has our meditation this morning. Doing a little something different this morning. I'm going to be reading now the book of Luke, the 22nd chapter, verses 15 through 20, 20. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I will tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after, he, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. If we read these words this morning, he told us to do this always in remembrance of him for what he went through. So when we take of this loaf and cup today, let's have all our heart and our mind on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and remember the sufferings that he went through each and every one of us. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we truly am thankful for this beautiful Lord's Day, where we can come into your house and meet around this table, that, dear Lord, we can do this in remembrance of you, remembering the suffering that you went through for each and every one of us, and, and Father, the blood that you shed there upon Calvary's cross for each and every one of us. Let's take of these emblems this morning in remembrance of you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's take a few moments just to privately talk to the Lord and listen to him. And Jesus took the loaf and blessed, passed it among them, saying, This is my body, broken for you. And of the cup, he said, This is my blood of the new covenant, shed for the forgiveness of sin. Drink of it, all of you.
Let's stand for the doxology. <clears throat> worship this morning with uh, number 322 I love to tell the story Amen. of Jesus and his love
You've heard singer. Hello. 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 Second Corinthians five verse ten talks about uh, for we all must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, according to that which he had done, whether it be good or bad. There's a great day coming, a great day coming, there's a great day coming by and by, when the saints and the sinners shall be parted right and left, are you ready for the day to come? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? Are you ready? Are you ready? Ready for the judgment day? There's a bright day coming, a bright day coming. There's a bright day coming by and by. But its brightness shall only come to them that love the Lord. Are you ready for that day to come? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? Are you ready? Are you ready? Ready for the judgment day? There's a sad day coming, a sad day coming. There's a sad day coming by and by. When the sinner shall hear his doom depart, I know ye not. 
Are you ready for that day to come? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? Are you ready? Are you ready? Ready for the judgment day? Ready for the judgment day? reading out of Matthew, the 26th chapter, verses 14 through 16. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscarlet, went to the chief priest and asked, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for, for him thirty silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. All right. Thank you, Mike. Good morning. morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Oh, man, I tell you what. It's been a busy week. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of stuff happened. And God got us through it all. (laughs) You know, I'm sure Bob's going to have something to say about this, but I'm learning the older I get, the harder it is just to get up and get going. <laughs> it's hard to get motivated. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, as we continue on in this study, and we've talked about, you know, the disciples had asked Jesus about how to recognize the end times, the end days. He had answered those questions, and in the process, it infuriated the religious leaders of the day and uh, so they began to plot how they could kill him and then it says that Jesus moved on with his disciples to Bethany and there a woman came up and and took an alabaster jar of expensive very expensive perfume broke the jar and anointed him for his burial so the plot is beginning to be set in place by the religious leaders of the day. Then you had the symbolism of the perfume anointing him and preparing him for his death. And now we have one of the insiders who is agreeing to betray his master. You know, I think it's important for us to understand what a disciple is. What a disciple was in those days. Today we have gotten away from discipleship, at least biblical, true biblical discipleship. In those days, a disciple didn't just make a commitment to uh, come to their school and listen and learn uh, a transfer of information, if you will. That's really about all we do anymore. 
You came and lived with them, your master. You lived where they lived. You ate what they ate. You went where he went. You did what he did. You saw everything. You heard everything. I mean, when you truly were discipled, the point being, and Jesus in the great command, he said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have taught you. In other words, I made you like me. Now you go make others like me. That's what a true disciple is. A disciple is someone who is not just saved. Oh, let's get them in. Yeah, that's a good goal, but it's not the end. That's just the beginning. We also have to mentor them, apprenticeship. We have to bring them in and let them see what it's really like to be a Christian. You know... (laughs) The disciples were with Jesus during all of the times that the leadership of the day wanted to corner him and argue with him and kill him. And there's only a couple of times when he got physical. And he still never hurt anyone. But he turned over the tables of the money changers and told them they had turned his father's house of prayer into a den of thieves. So the disciples learned that most of the time you don't need to get physical. You can handle things from a spiritual aspect. You know, I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of times in my life when I had thoughts I shouldn't have had. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit quickly put me in my place. Just boom. Uh Uh-uh. No, don't say that. Don't do that. (laughs) But now, if you're not led by the Holy Spirit, then what? If you're not a Christian, if you've not been saved, and you don't have the Holy Spirit to guide you like that, then what? Well... You just go ahead and do whatever you want to do, right? It becomes natural to you because you're led by the flesh. Here's the sad thing, though. Many of us, as Christians even, are still led by the flesh too much. We still want to do what we want to do, regardless of what God says about it. And the Bible says we'll give an account for that, just like that song. Are you ready? (laughs) The Bible says we're going to give an account for that. You know, in this particular short passage of Scripture, this little pericope, Judas Iscariot has become a name that we probably think of of, of one of the worst people that we could ever think of because of what he did. He betrayed the Lord. He was an insider. He was one of his 12 disciples, one of the 12 that walked with him everywhere he went, did everything he did, lived with him, ate with him, and then betrayed him at the end of three, almost three and a half years. You know why? He didn't buy into what Jesus was saying. 
He didn't accept that Jesus was what he wanted him to be. He wanted the Messiah to be a person that was going to come in and and was going to conquer the Roman Empire and bring back what King David had lost. He expected for this physical kingdom to be taken and for them to be a part of the leadership in this new kingdom of Israel. When that didn't happen... And when he saw that he thought Jesus was weak because he wasn't addressing these people with arms, wasn't ready to go to blows or to pick up a sword and slay them all, then Judas decided, okay, he's not the one we're looking for. He's not the one I'm looking for. Would have been a better way to say it. And so when the opportunity arose, and we're told he was a thief, okay? So when the opportunity arose, he thought, hey, I can get rid of him and make a little money in the process too. So he went to the priest who he knew were plotting to kill him and said, hey, how much will you give me to betray him? How much will you give me to hand him over to you? 30 pieces of silver. In the Old Testament, that was the price of a slave. That's all Jesus was worth to him. I wonder how much is Jesus worth to us? I know there's plenty of songs that say that there is no value can be put on Jesus. And I agree with that. He, he is so above everything that we know that we couldn't possibly put a value, a worth on him. However, I'm ashamed to say that I have sold Jesus out before. And you have too. You may not recognize it as that, but we have, all of us have at some point in time. You know, when we, when we say we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, just like the disciples of old, we are making a lifetime commitment to learn about Christ, to follow him. That's what Jesus said when he called the disciples. He said, follow me. We are to follow him, to go where he went, to do what he did, to say what he said. We're to... We're making a commitment to Christ for life. It's it's even a stronger bondage than a marriage. Or it should be. We're making a commitment. We're not just buying fireproof insurance, folks, when we get saved. Because we don't want to go to hell. We're not saying, oh, Jesus, save me from hell. And then go live like the devil. Unfortunately, there are people who do that. And there are some of the people that on Judgment Day, they're going to hear, depart from me, for I never knew you. They never really gave their heart to Jesus. They just wanted a way out of hell and still have fun. There's a big difference, folks. Judas betrayed him for money. But 
I've betrayed him for a lot less than that. There were times when in anger I betrayed Jesus and I let my tongue say things that hurt people. You know, the Bible says we can speak life or we can speak death. I have spoken death to people before in anger. So I betrayed Jesus just because I was angry. Have you ever done that? I've betrayed Jesus for other things. Other things that I I lusted after in this life, in this world. And sold Jesus out for a little bit of nothing. You know, there's a scripture that even says that a prostitute turns a man into a a loaf of bread. I mean, that's, that's all the value that that man is to that woman a means of living a means of buying a loaf of bread to feed herself and men do these same things in other ways you know I can remember the days when Sunday morning come this was before I was a preacher but Sunday morning would come and I'd say, oh, I'm so tired. I think I'll just sleep in this morning. I know I ought to go to church, but I need to rest. Lord will understand. (laughs) Yeah, he understands all right. He understands that we find our physical things more important than him. That's what he understands. He understands that we find sleep more important than him. We sold him out for a a couple of extra minutes of sleep. Wow. When we think about what this is leading up to, (laughs) when we think about how Jesus, because of this betrayal, now folks, this was going to happen. We know that. It was preordained by God this was going to happen. It was supposed to happen. But that doesn't take the guilt away from what happened when Jesus was accused and falsely tried and accused again and again of things that he didn't do. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of like being drug into court in the middle of the night and them saying, oh, so you claim to be Mitchell Hutchins. That's enough of a reason for us to kill you because you're not. I can show you my ID. <laughs> I really am. It don't matter. We're going to kill you anyway. He said he was the son of God. No, you're not. I mean, folks, his life proved that he was. But his resurrection really proved that he was. <laughs> You know, when we, when we betray Jesus, it hurts, or it should. If you can betray Jesus and it don't hurt, uh, you're in trouble, folks. You're on your way to hell. Sorry, that's just a fact. If you can do what you want without any consideration of what Jesus thinks, you're not saved. You do not have the Holy Spirit. Because if you do, it will cause you to have a conscience that is stricken for causing pain 
to the Lord Jesus. This betrayal had to have been something that even though Jesus knew this was going to happen, that still had to hurt, folks. I mean, how many of us have ever had a a, a close friend that that stabbed us in the back, betrayed us in some way? Has anybody besides me ever had that happen? Yeah, it hurts, don't it? Have you ever shared something in confidence with a close friend and then find out everybody knows it? (laughs) Ah, Yeah, that hurts. Jesus knew that Judas was going to do this and told him, as we will see later, go and do what you got to do. But then he went to the garden to pray. And as he was praying, his prayer was so intense that his sweat had blood in it dropping from his face from his nose that intense prayer had to be in part how hurt he was but also knowing what he's about to go through all of that beating all of that suffering all of that pain that he went through when he was crucified He didn't do it because he was guilty of anything. He did it because I'm guilty. He did it for me. And he did it for you. Let's not sell him out. You know, I've learned how precious Jesus is. And this week Mark has too. And he's going to come and share a little bit about what he went through this week. Check to tell us just how precious Jesus is when we obey him, when we live for him, when we are trying to do what is right. Go ahead, Mark. Come on down here with me, brother. Amen to that. God, I have your sword. I'll try to keep this as brief as possible, but it's something that the Lord... Put upon me this morning. Um, in the past several years, uh, Mitch, our friend Herman, and I have been meeting here in the mornings to basically study and learn and read different books, different lessons. So we have been learning about what's going on in the unseen realm. Mm -hmm. I have learned that there's no such thing as coincidences. (laughs) No such thing. I believe now that everything is ordained, orchestrated, or all our lives are orchestrated for this exact moment, exact time that we're in right now at this place where we are right now. So, when I get behind the wheel of my vehicle, I always try to ask Jesus to be with me. Just, come on, you, you've heard the song, I'm sure of Jesus, take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Well, Harry Underwood. <laughs> um, there's a lot of truth to that song. 
And I try to, to remember to say, Jesus, uh, I pray for protection. Uh, be with us as we drive down the road. And, and that morning I met with uh, Brother Mitch and Brother Herman, and I knew I had to go to Salem that morning. I had to take our two dogs to the vet. So we prayed that prayer. And so um, after leaving the vet and coming home. Um, this was Thursday. This is last Thursday, right. Thank you, Brother. Um, we were traveling east towards Scottsburg on 56. And our, do- our bigger dog, which is 75 pounds, was between the seats in the van, and we had a puppy right beside her. Well, I made a mistake and gave the big dog a french fry that fell on the floor. And the big dog thought the puppy was going to get it. Therefore, the big dog started growling and fighting with the puppy. And that puppy started squalling like it was being killed. I reached down and grabbed the big dog by around the neck and pulled her up. And the next thing I know, I'm running off the road. Just uh, that quick. And have you ever seen movies where something's happening and it goes into slow motion? Well, believe me, that really happens. (laughs) Those of you who have never experienced a tremendous experience, it was was like slow motion. And I remember this, why am I going so fast? The cruise control was set at 60 miles an hour. And then I see a telephone pole coming. And a voice hit me and said, you're going to hit that telephone pole. And then another said, veer to the right. And, of course, prior to that, I was told, hit the brakes. And I used my foot to hit the brakes. I can't even feel if I'm hitting the brakes. I knew I did because the van was slowing. So I veered, missed the telephone pole by inches, literally inches. Then the van started to spin, started to slide. It started going sideways. And it was slow motion. And I thought, well... I'm going to get stopped. It's going to turn 180, and I'll get stopped. It was really slowing down. And then all of a sudden, I hit, there was a slate uh, parking area that someone is setting up, and the van broadsided that slate, and it started to go up on two wheels, and it was so slow that I thought it was going to fall back on its wheels, but it went on over. Wham! I didn't panic. You've all heard in the Bible about the peace that exceeds all understanding. The Lord was with me during this whole ordeal. Now, of course, remember, we have two dogs in the van. I had two dogs with me, and the big dog was panicking. Of course, she fell on top of me, and then the puppy was only God knows where at that point. And, you know, it's on my side, and it was like, I better shut the engine off. So I shut the engine off. Then what am I going to do? Well, you would think someone would come to your rescue right away. Nobody came. I could look out the back window of the van and see traffic just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then it came to me and said, well, I need to find my phone. My cell phone was under me. I didn't know it. I undid the seatbelt, and I started looking for the phone. I'm trying to push the dog off of me, and she was so scared. She wanted to stay next to Daddy. And uh, so... Renee called me about that time. I didn't even know she called, but I heard the phone ringing. So I'm following the sound, and I found the phone, and there it is. 
You know, why can't I see the phone? My glasses were gone. I didn't even know my glasses were gone. Um, I never did find them. They found them when they cleaned out the van. So anyway, called 911, and of course, you know, it's 20 questions game when you call 911. And uh, where are you? Well, I told them I think I know where I am, and it, it's around Finley Township or Finley Firehouse Road, west of Scottsburg, right at that, near that intersection. I said, I think I'm around there. Other than that, I can't tell you. Well, um, the police came, Scottsburg Police the first there, and then uh, uh, Scottsburg Fire Department arrived. They had to extricate me from the vehicle because I can't walk. Not only did they have to extricate me, they had the, the two dogs to deal with, and my wheelchair. Now, this wheelchair is heavy. It weighs probably better than 400 pounds. And uh, so those firefighters had their hands full when they got there. Um, but that's not the rest of the story. After the fact, fortunately, I wasn't hurt. I'm a little sore here and there. Thanks because the adrenaline rush. I wasn't hurt. Um, our big dog suffered a little bit of injuries. She had some bleeding and such, and I'll get to that later. Um, but... Renee, when I got a hold of her, she was in a panic, which is, I mean, who wouldn't be? She was at the doctor having to have her toe worked on, where she had dropped a can on her toe and got infected and removed a toenail. That was the first deal of that day. I had an accident that day, and then to find out later on, strike three, Renee had a loved one in her family that passed away from heat stroke. And then number four, found out that her aunt was found where she had fallen in her house. She was 93 years old, and they took her to the hospital, and she has terminal cancer. Now, the two, the, both of them are both, all Christians, so we can praise the Lord for that. We know that uh, the young man is 34 years old. He's in heaven now. We know that. And we know that the aunt... Is it on her way to heaven? So what I am here, I want to encourage each and every one of you. We all have issues in our lives. Every single one of us have issues of some type. I want to encourage you to give it to God. That's what I did. I didn't worry about that van. I didn't worry about anything. I put all these burdens upon the Lord. I encouraged Renee as well to put these things upon the Lord, and she is trying, and it's... Comforting to her. That is the whole thing in a nutshell. No matter what's going on in your lives, place these burdens upon the Lord. Material things can be replaced. My van can be replaced. I was more concerned about missing morning time here at church or missing church or things like that. The Lord came to me and said, Your van is drivable. Okay, my son Clinton, I asked him to go over and clean it out and to check it out. He said it started right up, had a dead battery, but charged it up, started right up. So, but when the van got to my house, the driver dropped it off. I opened the doors. And the, and the, now remember, Clinton had cleaned the van out. Everything that was supposed to be out of it was. Well, this book that I'm reading, 
spiritual warfare. Well, it's the first thing I saw when I opened the door. The very first thing. We have been studying about spiritual warfare, the things that's going on in the unseen realm. When we have issues, it's not between us as humans. It's the enemy that is stirring up the problems. As I look back, the enemy has tried to take Mitch out, tried to take me out. Herman has had issues. All three of us could testify about things happening, trying to take us out. And I think the devil has found out about what the future holds for our church here. We are going to move into a realm of spiritual warfare against the enemy. On this book on the back and on the ends, this is not dirt. This is blood from the accident. It's not my blood. It's the blood of our biggest dog. This paper here is a doctor's order for me to go and have tests at the hospital. There's blood on it. Our biggest dog had a few minor cuts on her, but she's okay. The puppy's okay. But I was reminded about the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus as, the, as today. I mean, perfect timing once again. Coincidences, the songs that we sang today, you know, Judas to betray Jesus. Jesus was hung on a tree on the cross, shed his blood, for all of us. That blood right here, it's maybe the blood of a dog. It's not that much, but Jesus shed all of his blood on our behalf. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to do so by my testimony, by Mitch's testimonies. He is for real. There are no doubts whatsoever in my mind this accident my van is parked off to the north side of the church go look at it it's totaled but it's drivable i was so happy to drive that van it's the plastics rattling the winds coming in water's coming in but i'm happy i'm glad to be able to continue on renee said she won't ride in it and i don't blame her I don't expect her to. She won't ride with him again, probably, ever. (laughs) Maybe. But the bottom line is, give your life to Christ. Amen. Give all your problems to Christ. Yes. Everything. You got a sore toe, give it to Christ. Judy's got something. Judy.
Yes. Amen. Another one of them coincidences. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. And I'll be ending this, I want to um, kind of tell a little bit about this. It's kind of comical in a way. Um, Renee has a gift of premonition. And she had a dream the other, not a few days ago, a week ago or so, about an accident with groceries going everywhere. Oh, wow. I had just stopped by Walmart before this and picked up $70 worth of groceries in the back of the van. There were strawberries everywhere. We had strawberries in it. Uh, I had bananas, uh, different things. and <laughs> Well, the firefighters, when they were in there, they didn't worry about the groceries, so they uh, mashed the strawberries and a scent of strawberries just kind of lingering everywhere. And everyone kept saying, I smell strawberries, I smell strawberries. Well, they took me to the hospital, to the ER, and I smell strawberries, I smell strawberries. <laughs> and, you know, it was comic, this whole deal was somewhat comical in a way, but the way the things happened. And <laughs> so, with the Lord, when Jesus is in your heart, he can turn the worst of things into the best of things. Amen. So just, I want to encourage each and every one of you, if you haven't accepted Christ, I'm going to leave here now, but please, come forward. We've got a brother over here who's asking for prayer. During this decision time, of course, what's the Lord, whatever the Lord's leading you to do, but maybe it's a perfect opportunity for everyone to gather together and to pray in agreement for Brother Right. The Bible's very clear when two or three are gathered together in his name and they agree, Jesus said, I'll do it. If we all can pray in faith, that man will be healed. Amen. Will be. If he mm-hmm. believes that he can be healed, he will be healed. Brother? All right. Well, on the comical side, I'll tell you another little tidbit is the, the, the day... Uh, I think it was the same day he had the accident. Uh, he asked me if I could take him in my side-by-side to the gas station to get gas so he could mow. And I'm thinking, you were just in a wreck. But I went out and got him in my side-by-side. The two of us in that side-by-side was a sight to see. <laughs> we, I got him up to 50 mile an hour in that thing, and he said, whoa, this thing flies. 
Oh, what's her name? Margaret Bailey. Margaret Bailey. You've written that down? Yeah. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll pray for the family. Dustin Seals. Yeah. Pray for the family of Dustin Seals. So. Eight-year-old daughter. Wow. That's rough. All right. So we see God's good, right? Yeah, all the time. You know, spiritual warfare, what that book's title is and what it stands for goes on all time the time. The devil never goes on vacation. He never takes a day off. Never. He's always trying to cause one of us to slip up and fall. You know those times I talked about when I sold Jesus out? The devil was behind that, folks. The problem was I agreed with him. (laughs) That's what got me in trouble was when I listened to him instead of listening to the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's the bottom line of what spiritual warfare is, folks. It's, it's a fight between good and evil. It's a fight between the devil and God. But we get caught up in the middle. And who we listen to, who we obey, is what makes a difference of what's going to happen on Judgment Day. In October, there's going to be a spiritual warfare conference here in this church. It's going to be on a Friday evening and a Saturday all day long. Uh, we'll have more details about that as we, as we come to it, but uh, we're going to have that. And I think many people will be shocked and surprised. You'll learn a lot about how to stand up for and with Jesus and hold your faith tighter than you ever knew you could. You know, we watched the movie War Room. I don't know how many of you in here watched it, but that movie War Room, the old lady says, you know, she goes in her war room, she tells the devil to go back to hell where he belongs. Well, we have that right and that privilege. We've been given that authority. But we have to use it. And in order to use it, we have to be walking with Jesus. You know, if we're a sinner trying to tell the devil something, he's just going to laugh at us. But when we walk, truly walk with Jesus, and the devil tries to mess with us, all we got to do is say, in Jesus' name, stop. And he has to obey. He doesn't have an option. There's a lot, folks, that, that hasn't been taught in the church for far too long and it's time Jesus is waking people up Jesus is shaking us up I mean look at all the fires, floods, earthquakes tsunamis 
all the different things that's going on. And it's almost, you know, it's like that commercial, the phone commercial, God saying, can you hear me now? <laughs> I hope we're hearing. If you have a need, just mind the Lord. Brother Bob. Is number 414. Have thine own way, Lord. Stand. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the Shall see Christ only. 
Well, praise God, he's not in pain. Yes. Yeah. 